You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC, a game day edition, a big one too. Hornets wrapping up this quick two-game road trip in Chicago, taking on the Bulls, a chance to reduce their magic number by two with a W today and push themselves a little bit closer to uh, that chase for sixth place rather than trying to avoid falling out of the play-in tournament. Perspective is everything. We're going to talk about how the Hornets should be organizing their starting lineup in these next couple of days before hopefully they get even healthier and get some more guys back. We'll also, of course, have a preview of tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls, and we're going to talk about the Innovation Summit. It dropped last night. Five local businesses that are minority-owned competing for a $15,000 investment from the Hornets. We're going to talk about that with Betsy Mack, the Hornets Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility and the Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. But as for the other two special guests, welcoming them back here to the Hornets Hivecast, he's WCNC's Sports Director right here in the Queen City, Nick Carboni, back with us on the Hornets Hivecast. Nick, how are you? Hey, Sam, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. The Hornets, one game below 500 right now. Crucial game tonight against the Bulls. We'll preview that with you in a little bit. But the Hornets have slowly but surely gotten a little bit healthier here. P.J. Washington returning was huge for the team. Devontae Graham got some run in the previous game against the Knicks. And now head coach James Borrego has gone from how the heck do I fill out a lineup card possibly to how the heck do I fill out a lineup card possibly. It's gone from a, from really no options 
options other than what's in front of them to a lot of options now. And there's been some discussion online about who should start, how should the lineup be configured. So I want to pose the question to you as someone who covers the team, who keeps a close watch on them. How do you think James Borrego and the Hornets could most effectively and efficiently organize the starting lineup to have good starts to games, but also have good reserves to come in and plug right away? Yeah, and you nailed it with that second part of your question, Sam, is that, you know, listen, you you could point to five guys and say these guys are the clear deserving starters that are active right now, but then you have to worry about what's coming off the bench. What we've had the benefit and what James Borrego's had the benefit of seeing over the last few weeks as tough as, as they have been with just this unbelievable run of injuries is what certain guys are going to give you as starters, which... We never thought we'd have a sample size of a Jalen McDaniels or a Vernon Carey Jr. at this point, but now we do, at least in some small way. I think Jalen McDaniels is somebody that has been a decent starter, especially early on, but with P.J. Washington coming back, with Devontae Graham back now as it stands, can you slide McDaniels back to the bench and have him be somebody that can provide you some offense, provide you some length and athleticism? off the bench now vernon carey jr he's started the last few games but really hasn't played a whole lot with pj washington coming back just the way pj is starting to pick it up offensively and you know he's had that in fits and starts this year but it seems like it is really clicking now can he be part of that first unit that gives you points and gives you good starts to games i think the answer is yes even though he's done it off the bench the last few games it's been quickly off the bench so i wouldn't mind mcdaniels somehow sliding back onto the bench however borrego wants to play that and him coming off because he seems to be a guy that does take advantage of some opportunities in terms of the center position you know you could go with the small ball stuff pj can play there we haven't seen a whole lot of zeller and biombo lately but we know that james borrego likes to kind of yo-yo minutes for a lot of different players on his roster and he always seems to press the buttons at the right time there's certainly a lot more options now uh, than there used to be. This conversation's gotten a lot more fun, as I mentioned right from the top. It's gone from who can we plug into the starting lineup right now because we've got so many injured bodies to, huh, this is actually an interesting discussion here. We can mix and match a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Biz or a Cody return to the starting lineup, not necessarily to play 35, 40 minutes a game. I, I think the, the minute distribution for the center position is probably going to stick based off who's available right now as much fun as it was to see Vernon Carey go off against Brooklyn. He had a spectacular game. He's really struggled to stay on the floor, and he's someone who I think he'll probably start again uh, against Chicago. It's my gut feeling, but I think whether it's starting or coming off the bench, just continuing to get him some run out there and maybe you know not having the pressure of going up against the opposing center right from tip and just easing into a game might help him avoid those fouls and have a, a longer-lasting impact. Yeah, it was great to see what he was able to do last Friday night because I think anybody who was able to watch the G League bubble and what the Swarm did and what Terry did at that level, you saw the flashes of what he could be. And to see him put it together on an NBA floor at a Brooklyn team that was nearly at full strength and obviously has the size to contend with a, a player like Vernon Carey, it was great to see him bring that output. But you also saw in that game and saw in the game sense where he is still limited, where he still does have a long way to go. And remember, he's one of these kids that's you know still 19 to 20 years old. So I don't think anybody that seriously looks at this team 
night in and night out thought that Vernon Carey Jr. was going to do that, you know, in perpetuity from that night forward. And like we alluded to, Sam, I think, yes, Zeller and Biombo, they've been relied upon in stretches, especially Biombo this season. So just because they have not been playing or have not been playing a big run of minutes lately, we know James Borrego can turn that around on a dime when he sees fit. Maybe they don't bring the most offensively, but that's where, like we said, it's good to have a P.J. Washington back, whether he comes off the bench or does start, to where he can provide that, and those guys can step up on the defensive end of the floor. The nice thing about either of those two guys is their professions, and the biggest thing about that when you're coming in as potentially a role player or not playing every single night is knowing how to keep yourself in shape, and both those guys are in spectacular shape. They're always ready to go, whether they played 25 minutes the night before or they haven't played in a week. They always seem to be able to plug right in, and and to their credit, I think when we saw Vernon Carey go for serious minutes out of nowhere and not tire, I think that's just as much a tribute to the kind of example that his fellow centers set. It'd be very easy for a rookie not knowing you know, exactly how to handle not playing for the first time in his career to not know how to handle that for the first time in his career. But I think the example set by those two helped out. One last player I want to float out there at risk of the masses coming after me before I ask you for your ideal starting five for tonight against the Bulls, Nick, is Miles Bridges. And I bring him up as someone who I think there should be a discussion about whether he starts or comes off the bench, not because of you know any lack of belief whatsoever in what he can do. He has proven beyond any reasonable doubt. If anything, I think he's a victim of his own success. He's the only player all season long who's shown an ability to produce you know, point per minute as well, starting or in relief. I think Jalen McDaniels has benefited greatly from playing with the starting group. We don't know what kind of production he's going to put forth. I'd like to think he would do just as well in a reliever's role, but we don't know. We do know with Miles. And so I've heard from so many players, finishing games matters a heck of a lot more than starting. I think Miles Bridges is going to be in that finishing group based off who's healthy right now every single night. And if it's only a question of who's out there for the tip, I think there could be an argument to be made that this team might get a little bit more balance from Miles Bridges starting or coming off the bench, depending on what the matchup is. Absolutely, Sam. And one thing that when this roster was at full health was the fact that this team had a good bench for the first time in years and had good depth for the first time in years. And as it's fleshed itself out, we've found out that that has a lot to do with what Miles Bridges has added to his game, the consistency, the intensity, night in, night out. has been available every single game. I think it matters less and less to most players in the NBA, I won't say all, whether they start or not. And to your point earlier with the professionalism, I think that does run throughout this franchise to where Malik Monk can not play the first 13 games and then go gangbusters as soon as he's in the rotation. Same with Miles Bridges. Whether he comes off the bench or not, you know that he is going to produce in multiple ways on both ends of the floor. And he knows and he trusts that he will be a part of things towards the end. So when you talk about having something left when you take the starters out, I think Miles Bridges is a great option there. It is just tough when you kind of think of a starting five and who deserves it. Man, he deserves it because of how available he's been and how efficient he's been and how improved he's been this year. Should announce the top 10 guys. Just announce them all 
and then start whoever you start. Let them all have their name in lights. Nick Carboni, sports director at WCNC. It's time to put you on the spot. You know that Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk are not available tonight. Everyone else is. You're starting five. All right, let's go Devontae and Terry, obviously. I'm keeping Miles in there, so that's three. Oh, man, center. I would like to see a biz back, especially kind of dealing with with some of the guys they're gonna they're gonna play against tonight with the size. Got Biz, Graham, Rogier, Miles, and let's keep McDaniel's in there too. All right, solid starting five. It's basically the group that's been out there the last few games, except you put in Bismarck Biombo for Vernon Carey. We'll see if JB agrees with you tonight. We'll be previewing tonight's game against the Bulls in just a moment. Hang tight, Nick, right now. I want to ask all of you out there tuning in a question. Were you able to catch the Innovation Summit last night? It was a great show. It was an honor to be a part of it. In case you missed it, the Hornets are going to be giving a $15,000 investment into a local minority-owned business. Betsy Mack is the Hornets Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility and Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. She was an integral piece to making the Innovation Summit go from a possibility to a reality. She's going to talk to us about the Innovation Summit next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, during the month of April, the Charlotte Hornets and their official hunger relief partner, Food Lion Feeds, are launching the 2021 Dunk Hunger Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Back here on the Hornets Hivecast, and it's time to talk about something very important to the Hornets overall organization that you might have heard about. It's the Innovation Summit. It was launched on Martin Luther King Day as part of the Hornets Social Justice Plan. It was a competition, basically, open to minority business owners within a 150-mile radius of Spectrum Center. We received nearly 150 applications in two weeks for what will eventually be a $15,000 investment from the Hornets into one winning organization or business. We, again, received nearly 150 applications in two weeks. 20 semifinalists received at least 50,000 fan votes. Everyone who applied received a year of free resources from the Lonely Entrepreneur. And now, you might have heard about it, we're closing in on crowning our winner. To help talk about the entire endeavor, we have Betsy Mack back with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. She's the Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility and Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. Foundation. Betsy, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. Well, we're always glad to have you because that means good things are happening in the community involving the Hornets and uh, the CSR team as a whole. Give us the, the brief overview on the Innovation Summit, why it came to be and why it's so important. Yes, absolutely. So you kind of spoke through how it was a part of our social justice platform launch, which we are really excited about. But to kind of give you a little bit of insight into that as well, in late March with the pandemic and everything really happening around our nation, we saw that the economic shutdown was triggering a small business crisis. But then we began to really see that minority-owned businesses were bearing the large part of the brunt of that burden and that they were hit at an exponentially larger rate. And so we started looking at our minority businesses and how we could support 
those businesses and entrepreneurs that were looking to grow their businesses as well. And the conversations were really strong that it's not just supporting in a capital and providing financial capital, but also looking at how we could align to address some of the systemic barriers that these individuals are facing and helping to provide social capital and awareness and some of that support outside of just that financial resource as well. So rallying around these businesses in our community, helping to provide economic growth and empowerment was really what stems the launch of this innovation summit. And, you know, the CSR team really came together with this idea. Uh, Barry Pasternak, who sits on the team, led a lot of the ideas and excitement around it. So that was how the Innovation Summit was born. And then from there, it just really took on its own kind of world as it continued to grow with excitement and support throughout. And we got a chance to meet some great entrepreneurs local here in our Charlotte area who put together some outstanding pitches. You can all see them if you go to the Hornets YouTube page or on hornets.com slash innovation dash summit. Tell me, Betsy, what were some of your favorite pitches? Yeah, so there were quite a number of amazing pitches. I know you mentioned earlier, 150 applications in two weeks. So seeing that appetite from our community was just overwhelming and really exciting. I would say some of my favorites, Fortica Coffee was just really stood out to me because it was an individual that he's actually, you know, a younger individual, a teenager, but he went through an experience where he had cancer, but then looked at how they could provide an opportunity to support individuals going through the same situation that he had been in. And their foundation helped to create this product that, you know, was supporting individuals that were in his situation, but also providing a business as well. And so I think that was really unique. I think some of the other opportunities that we saw throughout different industries was really cool to see. We had people that were looking at food and products. We had individuals looking at African-American hair care products that aren't in the market right now as well. We had other entrepreneurs that were providing products that were helping reach back and help other entrepreneurs. So that was really neat. So the different types of organizations and products that we saw I think that was really unique and and cool to see. Yeah, the wide spectrum was very impressive. I I was very honored to be a part of some of the the presentations, the show, if you will. And I was just blown away, uh, as you mentioned, a wide breadth of different types of companies, basically, from people that were trying to connect minority soon-to-be doctors or healthcare professionals with current people working in their field to the JERS, the combination uh, purse-jacket transition where we could have put the 24-second shot clock on her and she would have made the transition with time to spare. Uh, We're getting close to having our champion, uh, our winner, be crowned and that $15,000 investment going out through the Innovation Summit. But it's not the only prize to be had. There's a lot of work going on with Bank of America focused on economic mobility. And all of the participants are going to receive some coaching uh, based off of their participation. What can you tell us about that? So like I said, the whole idea behind this program and this event was not just to provide capital and financial capital to the winner. We wanted to also 
bring along our entrepreneurs that didn't win that main prize to say, we want to provide you with resources and we want to see you succeed. And maybe next year you will win that financial capital and the resources will help you to get there. So we're really excited that Bank of America is providing better money habits coaching for our top 20 participants in the Innovation Summit. We also are working with Lonely Entrepreneur, which is a great organization that is national, but is helping our 150 applicants to provide resources and networks to connect them with other entrepreneurs throughout the country and really help them with a year of free access to all of their programs and initiatives to help build their product and business. And then lastly, we have our five finalists that pitch to our judges, but the four that do not win the main prize will receive support from Boothpad, which is a local organization to Charlotte that also provides resources as well. So as you can see, there's a plethora of different opportunities to continue supporting and encouraging our entrepreneurs to continue to invest in their business and, you know, continue to succeed. It's been wonderful to see the overall process play out, Betsy, and we'll be, again, crowning our winner during halftime of the game against the Cavaliers. So keep an eye out and an ear open for that announcement It's just one small part of the partnership with Bank of America focused on economic mobility. Betsy, what can you tell us about the plans moving forward, both for the Innovation Summit in the future and just in general? Yeah, absolutely. So in regards to the Innovation Summit, we really weren't sure what we were going to expect and what we were going to see with the response, but it was overwhelming. And so we are excited to continue hosting this Innovation Summit annually. And those are plans that we're discussing and that we're excited to continue talking about with Bank of America and with our community as well. And then looking at the overall partnership with Bank of America, it's been a true honor and privilege to focus on social economic mobility and Charlotte's impact and how we can continue furthering our community in this way as well. And so we are continuing our efforts. We have hosted our first 50-50 night for change that focused on economic mobility back in 2019. So this is not a new focus area by any means, but we're just continuing to further our efforts and outreach. And so with the 50-50 night for change in 2019, our week of service that we hosted in 2020, where we provided 2020 meals to healthcare and essential workers, highlighting our local Black-owned businesses and restaurants. Those were some previous events that we hosted, and we are continuing to have conversations about what upcoming events and activations will look like, putting economic mobility at the forefront. So we're really excited about that. A lot of great things going on, and Betsy Mack is at the heart of almost all of it. She's the Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility for the Hornets and Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. And again, please check out all of the pitches for our final round on the Hornets YouTube page, or you can go to hornets.com slash innovation summit and make sure you're keeping an eye out for the game on the 23rd at halftime. We will announce the winner of the $15,000 first place prize from the innovation summit. Betsy, thanks again for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cody Zeller knows how to finish an assist. 
Now you can be a part of one of his biggest plays of the season. Socks are the most under-donated item for those in need, and the Cody Zeller Sock Drive presented by Haynes is ready to attack that problem. You can help make socks a priority by donating one pack of new socks or $5 to the Cody Zeller Sock Drive, and all donations will be matched by Haynes and will benefit Roof Above. Head to Hornets.com and search Cody Zeller Sock Drive for more information. Our thanks again to Betsy Mack for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast and an invitation to come on out to Spectrum Center. Join us for the game against Cleveland coming up 24 hours basically from now, but at halftime of it, we'll be announcing the winner of the Innovation Summit. And of course, you can go to the Hornets YouTube page and their social media pages to watch a replay of last night's Innovation Summit. Nick Carboni, WCNC Sports Director, back with us. Nick, time to preview tonight's game, Hornets versus Bulls. Second time this season they've played, but the first one kind of have to throw out the window for a couple of reasons. One, Hornets roster is seemingly completely different. LaMelo's not playing. Gordon Hayward is not playing due to injury. Both those guys were significant pieces the first time around. Secondly, the Bulls roster looks an awful lot different. Zach Levine was a huge piece in that game. He's not playing right now. Nikola Vucevic was a member of the Orlando Magic then. He is the centerpiece for this Bulls team now. And the third reason, the Hornets had a one of those awkward extra time off layoffs due to health and safety protocols and I don't think it was really a fair assessment of how well they were going to be able to play you know it's one thing to say you want to get some rest and rest is positive it's another thing to say hey you're not allowed in the building for a couple days now get out there on the floor and start shooting cold and I think that had a big impact in that particular game so let's throw the old one out the window look ahead to tonight Hornets taking on Chicago in the Windy City it's a big game Hornets get a W they reduce their magic number by two they move a little bit closer to sixth place a little further away from 11th the Bulls win maybe the Hornets become a team under threat from the Cavs, the Bulls, the Raptors, the Wizards, who are all trying to get into that play-in position. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, where you would love to see the health start to come back for the Hornets, but obviously it's not going to come fully back in time for this one, as as we've talked about, because these are the games against the teams that you're bunched up with, the teams that you're going to be fighting to be in the play-in or, or even to try to stay out of the play-in and be that sixth seed if, if the Hornets are able to make a, a healthy push towards that. But right now it does look like it is the play-in and you want to hopefully be on the right side of that play-in at the, the seven or eight seed. And the Bulls are, you know, they're a solid team. Vucevic is a guy that can give the Hornets fits. He's a really good pickup for Chicago. Obviously, they gave up a lot and, and invested quite a bit in him. They've got a local kid, Patrick Williams, who's their first-round pick, who's doing pretty well. And Markinen coming off the bench gives them size as well. Kobe White at the point guard spot. you got to like what he's done as a pro and, and how he can push the pace for them. And they're a good three-point shooting team. And we know that that's something that the Hornets struggle at times defensively with against the Knicks. You know, had to double down on a guy like Randall, and then they kicked it out and made, I think, 18 threes. So it's a tough matchup, especially considering the health, but it's one that the Hornets, especially with the group that they do have back on the floor now, could win. It's not going to be a given. I'm not sure what the line is, Sam, but the Bulls have to like 
their chances against the Hornets. Like you said, though, Levine looks like he's not playing. That is helpful, and it, it seems like the Hornets have gotten some of those breaks along the way with star players. Well, they certainly are deserving of some after all of the injury and illness ailments the Hornets have been dealing with the last month or so. It's a difficult matchup, the Bulls, because as you said, you know their roster, you look at it, and they're, they're probably a year ahead on the timeline from where the Hornets are, and adding on a guy like Nikola Vucevic, who is a multiple-time All-Star now, he, he's been an issue for the Hornets defending him when he was with Orlando earlier this year. Now they've got to deal with him again. But not having Zach Levine, I mean, he is so much a part of what they do. Kind of a, not quite, but kind of close to a James Harden-esque role from when James was with the Rockets. That's what Zach has meant to the Bulls. And now without him, uh, they're trying to find different ways. It, it's a bit of a streaky Bulls team. They've been you know, prone to long win streaks and long losing streaks over the season. And it's also a little bit tired Bulls team. They played in Cleveland last night. Hornets got to rest up in Chicago, actually even squeezed into practice. So how do all those things factor into what you foresee for tonight's game? Yeah, you certainly like the day off. Like you said, I think heading into last night's game, the, the Bulls were, you know, five for five in their last 10 games. But, you know, still creeping up and, and still kind of trying to solidify their spot in that play-in round. The loss to the Knicks for the Hornets was tough. and It just seemed like they were out of gas in that second half. They only scored 31 points. The things that were going to hurt them if they went the wrong way going into that game, that's what ended up happening. Their game plan was to, to crash down on Julius Randle and hope that players around him didn't make threes. And that's where the Hornets do find themselves a little bit deficient, especially with the, the current state of the roster. I think they'll put together a good game plan. They do have the day of rest to do that. They do have the, the opportunity to see which Bulls team might be coming back home from that Cleveland game. And the way that James Brago's coached this Hornets team this year, over the three years, but especially this year, he just always seems to have a knack for what his team needs in a given moment. It doesn't always work out. They've had some tough luck as we've mentioned numerous times, but I do like him kind of coming off that by week, by day, and having a chance to, to see what he can throw out on the floor against Chicago. Should be a fun one. We know Nick Carboni and everyone at WCNC will be keeping a close eye on it. You should be keeping a close eye on them as well. Nick Carboni, sports director at WCNC, thanks as always for coming on the Hornets Hivecast. You got it, Sam. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we will have our post-game podcast and a preview podcast because, yes, it's a back-to-back -back situation coming up here for the Hornets. We'll have a busy HHC for you tomorrow, and it'll be a two-Sams edition. Sam Purley joining us on the Hornets Hivecast. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the HHC and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.